It is Thursday, April 1st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the 17th Quick Hit Pod in our Dynasty Prospect Scouting Report series. I'm your host, Matt Schaap. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. You can now find 22 Dynasty Rookie Scouting Reports on DraftSharks.com. Every single one of those is free to read. They will keep on coming right up until the NFL Draft. You can check out every one of these accompanying podcasts by subscribing to the Draft Sharks YouTube channel, as well as any of our podcast feeds. We hit both UNC running backs over the past two days. So now it's time to split it out, check a wide receiver. Jared, give me a little background on Florida's Kadarius Tony. Yeah, Tony was a dual threat quarterback in high school, um, put up big numbers over his final two seasons there, uh, nearly 6,500 passing yards, 69 passing touchdowns, uh, 1,790 rushing yards and 31 rushing touchdowns again over his final two seasons. He was recruited as an athlete, so, you know, People weren't quite sure what he was going to do in college. I think it was pretty clear, at least he wasn't going to be a quarterback, but chose Florida over a few other you know, big D1 offers. As a freshman, he played some running back, played some wide receiver, played some wildcat quarterback, uh, caught 15 balls, ran 14 times for 120 yards and a score, completed one and two passes for 50 yards. So he did a little bit of everything. Did miss three games that season with multiple injuries, including a shoulder injury and a shin injury. As a sophomore, he played in 12 of Florida's 13 games. He missed another with an undisclosed injury. Again, split time between wide receiver and Wildcat quarterback that year. Finished fourth on that 2018 team with 25 catches, fifth with 260 receiving yards, ran it 21 times for 240 yards. More injury issues in 2019 as a junior. This time it was a September shoulder injury that cost him six games. Caught just 10 balls in his seven healthy outings, 12 carries for 59 yards. So definitely a down year. You know, maybe he was never healthy, whatever it was. Uh, Finally broke out this past season, though. Tony stayed healthy. He played in 11 of 12 games, only opting out of Florida's final game in the Cotton Bowl. Really focused on playing wide receiver full time and ended up leading the Gators with 70 catches and 984 receiving yards. He finished second on the team behind only tight end Kyle Pitts, who, you know, is going to be a top 10 pick uh, later this month uh, with 10 touchdowns. Uh, Tony's market shares in his 11 games, 24% of the catches, 23% of the receiving yards, 22% of the receiving touchdowns. Also ran it 19 more times for 161 yards in a score. And he added return duties to his resume this past season. He averaged about 22 yards on seven kick returns and averaged 12.6 yards with one uh, punt return touchdown. It is certainly notable that he led a team with Kyle Pitts on it in receptions, caught 27 more passes than Kyle Pitts this past season. That said, Kadarius Tony played 11 games. Kyle Pitts played eight. He had 22 receptions in those three games that he played without Pitts. So obviously would have been a lot closer. Still would have been the leader in receptions in those eight games that he played with Pitts. So a nice way for Kadarius Tony to finish that college career As we shift to the film review portion, I think, Jared, that it's easy to see why film scouts would get excited about Kadarius Toney and why offensive coaches in the NFL might start to drool when they watch him. The guy is electric, speed and athleticism. I started with the LSU game from last year where he racked up nine for 182 and a touchdown, three carries for 56 yards. I mean, he looks like he could be a a mismatch in the slot even at the next level. 
Yeah, I think he's probably the second best after catch receiver in the class. I'd still give the nod to Rondell Moore as, as the top guy there, but Tony's really good with the ball in his hands. Excellent contact balance to you know run through tackle attempts, especially for a guy who's you know, not huge. Good burst to beat defenders' angles. I also was impressed by his vision on some of those jet sweeps and end arounds. Like I almost think he could make it as a running back because you know that, that's when he's at his best with the ball in his hands. He also runs some pretty sick routes. Like you know, if you we'll probably see some here in, in the highlights. Um, you know, he, he he can make guys look silly with that athleticism. I do think he's pretty raw as a route runner, though. Like he didn't run a, a wide variety of routes at Florida. He had a 7.7 yard average depth of target this past season. That was like 320th among all wide receivers. So he didn't do a whole lot downfield. There are a few deep shots where you see that he you know, probably can do it. He obviously has the speed to get deep, but um, I, I do think he's entering the league as a pretty raw wide receiver, which, you know, not, not a surprise considering he only spent one college season, one, one season really, again, you know, he wasn't a wide receiver in high school. So he only has one season of experience as a full-time wide receiver. Yeah. The different kind of routes thing that you pointed out is interesting because it shows some ability that he has that other guys might not. I was reading what PFF Sam Munson said about that though. And, and said like the downside of being creative in your routes like that is sometimes it can make it difficult for you to develop timing with your quarterback. If he doesn't know exactly when you're going to be breaking or where you're going to be, then the quarterback has to wait a little bit longer before throwing you the ball. It can just make that connection a little bit tougher and kind of get in the way of, you know, working together with that quarterback in the NFL. Now I think, Kadarius Tony, for fantasy purposes, is a prime example of the difference between drafting for real-life football and for fantasy football. I can absolutely understand why an NFL team would take a shot on Kadarius Tony late in round one. There's so much athletic upside. He should have room to grow and be groomed as a receiver. And he's already the type of player that a good scheme can leverage, can take advantage of, can you know use to make plays in the pros. But there's just so much projection here. I mean, even in an area where everybody's a projection, we have to like guess what he can become as a receiver. We have to hope that his team in the NFL grooms him properly and finds enough targets to go his way. And that's kind of the issue here. Yeah. I mean, definitely more athlete than wide receiver at this point. Um, he, 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 he has the tools, but it's like, it, for me, how often do these guys really develop once they reach the pros? Like I want someone who, it was not fully developed, but already, you know, has a good head start and is, uh, you know, a lot of the way there. I, I think of McCole Hardman as the latest, latest example. Like he was similar in that he only, I think he had two seasons of experience, you know, as a full-time wide receiver at Georgia. And he's kind of struggled and I'm not writing him off yet. You know, we, we should expect him to take a bit longer. Maybe he gets it going in year three here. But I, I think Tony definitely has bust potential just because, again, we only have one year of big college production. He's already 22 years old. Um, you know, the guy, the guy I, I think the best case scenario for him is like a Curtis Samuel type of role and production. You know, I think the exciting thing about Tony is he can, he can probably contribute on the ground, which, you know, we've seen Samuel do, but I, I think Samuel was a better prospect. He had better college production. He also entered the NFL at 20 years old. So I think, you know, that gives him more room for growth than someone like Tony, who's already 22. So um, again, I think that's the upside and it would be fine. Like, you know, Samuel was very useful this past season. It did take him a couple of years to get going. And I think that's probably going to be the case with Tony too, but I, I think that's, you know, pretty close to his ultimate ceiling is, I think, is uh, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I think Nicole Hardman and Curtis Samuel are two good names to bring up in terms of setting expectations. I mean, Hardman got plenty of fantasy folks excited enough when he landed with the Chiefs that he was getting drafted late in round one in Dynasty rookie drafts. Two years later, he's had some flashes, but he hasn't been able to sustain production. You know, it's early in his career, but 
you have to be patient to get what you are hoping to get from that kind of guy. Curtis Samuel, I looked back at Dynasty League football rookie ADP from May of 2017. So that would have been the month after Samuel got drafted. He was the 15th overall player off the board on average, sixth wide receiver off the board. That was in a class that was terrific at running back and looked strong at tight end. He was 15th in that class. So that's early to middle round two. If Kadarius Tony is going in that level in rookie drafts, I think that's fine. I think he's the kind of player that once you get to the point where, you know, you're splitting hairs between a couple of guys, you're not necessarily excited and can't see the clear path for either one. You say, all right, I'll go ahead and bet on the athletic upside and see what his NFL team can do with him. I think if, on the other hand, you've got Tony like fourth among your receivers this year and you're taking him over somebody who's a safer kind of bet like Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore. That's where I think you'd be making a mistake. Yeah, he's definitely going to be outside my top five wide receivers. You know, he might be closer to 10 than five even, um, which speaks to the, the depth, depth of the class. But you know, it, it does. We'll, we'll see what happens later this month in the draft. But it sounds like Tony's going to have draft capital on his side. You know, He's mixing into the late first round in some of these mocks. I think he's going to be a top 50 pick. Um, I'm not sure I'd take him that high, but again, if his, his team does, um, that means he's, you know, he has a better chance to get on the field immediately. And again, if he lands on, on a team that uses him the right way, like he doesn't need to develop into this excellent wide receiver. He can, you know, catch 50, 60 balls. But then if he, you know, gets the ball on the ground 20 to 30 times a year, you know, we, we've seen how big that can be to fantasy value. I think Henry Ruggs is one more name that I would raise as a caution to not let the NFL draft capital make us overlook what the questions are with Kadarius Tony going in. Yep. Head over to draftsharks.com now to read Jared's full scouting report on Kadarius Tony. While you're there, check out 21 other prospect scouting reports we have already posted. Plus, check back for more right up until the NFL draft. As I have mentioned, all of these scouting reports are free to read. You should lock in your DS Insider access, though, so that you can see where Tony and everybody else sits in our updated Dynasty rankings right now, as well as accessing our 2021 redraft rankings and the dynamic MVP draft board to help you through your best ball drafts and your regular full season drafts. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for, sp- for swimming with us. <laughs>